on the air with a 60-minute time limit, the man of charge of this episode is your host and the BMF heavyweight champion, Sick Vic. For, throughout years, decades, and probably way before I was born, all professional wrestlers did not necessarily show their faces. They they have a their magical power is being mysterious, like you see on TV, like your superheroes and whatnot. And today, for the first time ever, I have a masked man on the show. This is Mr. X Jr. How you doing, sir? All right. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Um, what made you decide to wear a mask in the ring? Uh, just to basically keep tradition, keep my family's uh, identity uh, secret, my identity uh, secret. No one's tried to take the mask off or anything like that? Uh, no. I just recently made my uh, wrestling debut as Mr. X Jr. literally one month ago. Uh, it was uh, last, last May. Yeah, yeah, this May, I mean, that we just had. Mm -hmm. So last month. Ten technically last May. But thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. Yeah, May of 2022, so. So did you always want to become a professional wrestler, or was it something that just, like, fell in your lap? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I mean, I've been in the wrestling business for some time. You know, I've done various other gimmicks, but then uh, my father-in-law, who was the uh, original Mr. X, had passed down his mask to me, uh, this being the first one in which he wore back in the day. And uh, as you can see, I'm wearing his original mask. And anyone who both fans alike as well as wrestlers know anytime you have, whether if it's like boots handed down to you or even a mask, it is a true honor, you know, it's, it, it is. And uh, it's like being handed down the crown of the family, like the family, like bloodline, so to speak, just handed down to you. Isn't that right? Uh, yes. And when he handed it to me, he said, my son in law uh, Mr. X Jr. And then, uh, you know, made some phone calls and other promoters and stuff that I knew myself. And I got it like, hey, you got to come in. You got to do this. You got to keep your, your family's history alive. And many of them even told me how they remember meeting my father-in-law back in like the the 70s and i mean uh, yeah both in the 70s at shows or at as well as the uh 80s and 90s when he was already retired at meet and greeks and some of them even showed me the old uh polaroid photos i don't know if you remember those uh with him at the shows uh, that they went to that he was doing meet and greeks at yeah it's old school you're right so when did you? So how long did it take between the first day of wrestling school to your first professional wrestling match? Uh, I would say at least about a year, maybe a little over. See, I always thought a year was a good time, but people would just tell me like they did within three months, or like two months, and I'm like that's awfully quick, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, about, you know, three, six months, uh, I would definitely say it's quick. I mean, unless the person picked up that quick and whoever the coach or trainer is really believes in them. I mean, uh, I've met some people in the past who literally didn't have much training at all, or they had what's known as botch training, meaning they, they went and maybe learned how to take some bumps, but they weren't really given any of the basics like lockups, arm bars, arm drags, um, chop toe hole, suplex, body slam, you know. They, the I'm just naming some of the basics, you know. They, they weren't taught any of that, just basically literally had a fall. And yet here they are in the ring wrestling. I mean, yeah, sometimes you see that you see the crack show in their performance. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so tell us about your first match. Uh, my first match was against a guy named Nix, if I'm saying it right, N-I-X. And uh, it Did was Nick at Mike, who is the promoter and owner of AWL, the American Wrestling League. I was talking to him for a while and uh, find out he was a big fan of my father-in-law. He watched his uh, show that he had. Uh, a wrestling talk show that he had both in Mass and Rhode Island on uh, cable access. He used to listen to his his radio show. Um, I think he even said he might have met my father-in-law once at a meet and greet back in the 90s. Uh, but anyways, he asked me to come along and to do him a favor, and which I did. I literally, my first debut, I won the match against Nix and basically whooped his book. You just recently posted the link for that match, did you not? Uh, yes. Yes, I'll make sure that the link to that match is attached to this episode because it'll be definitely to see people, you know, first match behind the voice, so to speak. <laughs> if you don't mind me uh, asking, did you uh, get a chance to watch that match? I have not had time to watch the match quite yet. Oh, all right. I, I was just curious. I've been working. Man, my life these days has been all about trying to put a swing set together for the kids. My wife has a hole in her tooth that needs to be fixed. I have a jacked up ankle. It's been fun these days. Oh, so sorry <laughs> to hear that. I hope you and your wife, your whole family feels better soon. Oh, you know how it is sometimes. I appreciate your words, by the way. Thank you. It's just, it's just one of those hiccups, you know? Uh, yes. Yeah, so... So, of course, back to you. Did you think any of the moves that you, you know, they saw in wrestling school, do you look at those moves and be like, there's no way I could do it? But right now, they're like second nature? Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, I can't speak for others, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of people uh, think that until they actually go into the ring and do it and execute it well meaning where they don't hurt themselves or their opponent in the process. Yeah, that's a big one. That's why the uh, recent Seth Rollins-Cody Rhodes match was actually pretty decent because Seth Rollins pretty much took the steering wheel and just got, like, was able to, how should I put it, guide Cody into a five-star match. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like, help each other and guide each other. Is that correct? Uh, yes. 
Yeah. So. And yet, if I if I uh, remember correctly, the match that you're talking about, I saw uh, like people talking about it on Facebook and doing reviews, and Cody did it with a torn. Uh, what's it over here where it's all torn? Pectoral muscle. Yeah, like his chest was all torn. Yeah. That right there showed you a true athlete. Someone who's just going to go out, wrestle on an injury, and yet still execute it and give us a five-star match, even if the other guy's willing to carry them. I mean, that that that's just uh, awesome. That's true commitment right there. Yeah, some people are saying, though, that before that match, he was looking at six months. After that match, it could be nine months. But who knows what's I mean, WWE, with their financial backing, they'll speed it up as fast as possible. Like, uh, I'll admit my first time, maybe like say giving someone a, a suplex, I'm saying to myself, I'm going to do this. But at the same time, I'm looking at my opponent going, uh, this dude looks pretty heavy. And yet this is was in a, a practice match, not what's out there right now with Knicks. Mm -hmm. But yet I did it. And once when I did it, I had more confidence, hey, I, I can pretty much suplex anybody. Yeah, first of all, in a cocky way, I'm just saying, you know, it gave me personally confidence that, you know, I can do it and I can execute it well by keeping both me and my opponent safe while doing it. Oh, I don't, I didn't think it was a cocky way whatsoever. It was just, it's one of those ways that, what the heck did this happen here? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, I don't know what happened there, but that's... <laughs> Anything can happen. This it's like from parts unknown where um from. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like the parts unknown. It's like the mystique of part, parts unknown. Just it's like mist it's going through the room and just like spreading all over. But no, it's now I give Cody some credit because even though I mean I said on social media that he's probably you know drugged up to the help, I mean, painkillers and stuff like that. That wasn't a jab. That was a, if you're gonna move around, you know, I mean, some people need something to, for the pain. And this is not just like a regular, this is a hell in a cell that you fought in. Right. Yeah, but anyway, so that Cody to me is the, is yesterday's news. You are what's today. So what makes your, you different from the rest in professional wrestling, do you believe? Uh, I guess just me, uh, being me, me being, uh, in other words, being the lion, you know, Mr. X, and just, uh, doing my thing, you know, uh, doing my thing, being able to show my, my style, myself, and how I can wrestle, how I can handle myself in the ring. How many days of a week do you, like, roughly wrestle? Uh, right now, I've only had that one wrestling debut, but I'm hoping to pick up with uh, some bookings and you know, maybe get out there a little bit more. Now, if you had a choice, if your promoter went up to you and said, like, you can either be a face or a heel, what would you prefer and why? Uh, personally, I probably, uh, even though my father-in-law was a heel, uh, I would probably choose to be uh, a baby face, but at the same time, if the promoter 
asked me to be the same as my father-in-law was, which was a heel, then uh, I'm okay with that, you know? It's all about really, you know, in a lot of ways what the promoter wants, because they're the ones helping you out. I mean, in a way, people say, oh, the, the promoters need us, meaning the talent, the wrestlers, and that's true. But at the same time, us, the wrestlers, need them too, because without them, there's no training school. Without no training school, there's no training, there's no practice. There's also nowhere for us to wrestle, especially uh, if no other promotion is booking you at the moment. But that promoter is so really it's like a one hand washes the other uh if you get what i'm saying you know you need them as much as they need you yeah is there anyone in wrestling today that this is not professional wrestling you see on tv this is your territory that you just look at and say like i would love to smack the shit out of that guy uh or if this is too early in your journey you're just enjoying the newness of it all um just starting out and i'm just starting out as mr x jr um be honest with you i can't really answer that uh truthfully yeah so so the chip on your shoulder isn't that big you're just doing it for family and enjoying the journey uh yes pretty much makes sense to me it probably makes you less stress and doesn't give you a heart attack in the rain so what's your um views on intergender wrestling. Are you for it, against it, and would you be a part of it? Uh, it is what it is, you know. Fans seem to like it. And uh, I mean, it's been around for a while. Uh, I think the one who really brought it out into the limelight would be uh, Andy Kaufman. Because he, he even, uh, like Jerry Lawler said, is my friend. I've seen him in plenty of interviews talking about it, how Andy Kaufman originally would get take whatever spot he could get, whether if it was on a comedy show like uh, Saturday Night Live or, or whatever, to do uh, his wrestling where he would challenge a woman out in uh, the audience, out in the crowd. Yeah. And then uh, he even had the uh, intergender championship belt made, and he was the first one to have a intergender championship made. No other promotion at the time, or territory, as we should call it back then, uh, had it. You know, he was the first to bring it out there, and uh, and look, I mean, it might have pissed some fans off back then, but yet it also made. A lot of fans more interested in the sport. Uh, it's pretty much the same today. Either you're you're into it or you're not. But I've noticed, especially a lot of the uh, indie leagues that uh, put on intergender matches. Some of them, I'll admit, are pretty good. And uh, I actually like it when certain female wrestlers. Uh, kick the guy's ass pretty good and, and win the match. I mean, personally, I enjoy certain ones. I'm not going to enjoy all of them because some of them, the, the work just uh, But again, my opinion. Uh, but there are some I've seen where I'm a big fan of both uh, the male and female wrestlers that are in the ring and just the performance that they put on and getting the fans' interaction. 
of it, you know, that when the fans are really feeding into it, either chanting or or booing or doing both at the same time, you know that those two wrestlers are doing a fantastic job at putting on that match, whether it's intergender or not. And uh, so personally, yeah, I, I don't have uh, any problems with it. I read recently that Vince McMahon did. That's why he doesn't do, he hardly ever does them. And I was just like, why? It's just, you know, these days, I mean, back in the 80s and 70s, all right, you know, girls being up guys, the culture was different, society was different. But these days, a girl can easily beat up a guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's what. So, if you had to pick one or the other, would you rather be an amazing storyline, but the match that leads up to it falls flat, or a dull storyline, but the match that led up to it is five star quality? What would you rather have? Uh, to be honest with you, I would just rather just have a, a match that's a, a good match that both me and my. Uh, opponent could uh, look back and say, you know what, that was a fantastic match. Uh, I, I would like to say uh, as long as the, uh, the fans are happy, then I'm happy. So uh, I really don't know how to answer your question other than just saying how, again, as long as the fans are happy, then I'm happy. And um, And that, uh, you know, it, it, I just want to make sure I please the fans in other words. Sorry uh, for the pause. Uh, something popped up on my screen, and I was just hoping I, that, you know, I didn't lose you. It's, it's the parts unknown that's interfering with the signals. <laughs> like it happened before. Okay, so. I was gonna ask what's the longest match you've been in, but you've only been in one, so that kind of dumb question. Um, have you ever seen an incident during an event, not necessarily happening to you, but happening to another wrestler that you've been involved, that's in an event with you, that's been um, attacked by a fan? And what's your point of view hearing all about these fans attacking wrestlers these days? Like, what, how do you feel about that? Oh. oh. Definitely say not that there aren't uh, any fans that couldn't beat up a wrestler or even a boxer or MMA fighter, whatever. Uh, I would definitely still say it would be a very stupid thing to try and do. Uh, I definitely myself, as both not only a wrestler but a fan, wouldn't try it. One, because if the guy truly can fight and fight well, I'm not looking to get myself put into the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would definitely say it's a, it's a dumb thing. I mean, I don't even think uh, you yourself would try it. Milk, I know. First of all, I know like someone like you, I know you'll just slam me right to the ground. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> I know that I'll get my ass kicked. So what's the point of trying? I also respect the Italian and the performers a lot more than being dick taking shots. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what was that uh, last I, I, I respect the talent and the wrestlers a lot more than being a knucklehead fan to taking a, a shot or something. But I know for a fact that I would get my ass kicked if I tried. <laughs> and be arrested on top of it. Uh, I mean, I have been to some shows in the past, whether I've helped out with them or not, uh, where I did see some fans go after wrestlers, and those fans got messed up really good. I mean, they yeah. they got tore whim from whim. I put it, I said, this is my walk. If I decide, if I say I become one of those fans, have too much to drink or whatever, hate life, hate the world, hate myself, and decide to take a shot as a wrestler. With my luck, either A, I'll miss my swing and hurt myself, or I'll get my butt kicked by their like friend who is a female or probably a midget or something like that. Then here I am beaten up, have to go to jail. Then here I'm waiting for my court case. And I got to tell other people in the cell that I got my butt kicked by a girl or a midget. And they'll kick my butt because, you know, it's like, oh, a fish. And, you know, kick my butt for that. It's, it's not worth it. Uh, no, it's uh, definitely not. It's just that uh, I would say a fan attacking or trying to attack or intimidate a wrestler is a very dumb move. <laughs> not, yeah. not something uh, smart thing to do for sure uh I, I wouldn't advise anyone to uh try it nah. so if you could give any piece of advice to the next generation of athletes who are just getting through a wrestling business that you didn't know about when you started what would that advice be that would, advice would be uh basically don't give up you know keep trucking you know, keep pushing for your uh, your goals. Don't let anyone tell you uh, that you can't do it. Uh, yes, it, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, but you know what? The reward in the end is great. It's awesome. So, yeah, you know, just keep on trucking. Don't give up and uh, just pursue your dream. Put in the hard work, put in the dedication. And oh, again, just keep on trucking. Are there any stipulations and matches that you would not do? Uh, yeah, don't piss off the the ringmaster or the the wrestling veteran, as they call it today. You know, uh, listen to the to him or her. And uh, you'll have a great match, especially if it's your first match. And if you've never performed before, listen to your wrestling vet. They they will carry you. They will put you through. They'll make sure you have a fantastic match. And they will make sure that not only you look good, but that it's something that the fans will uh, enjoy. It makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. Just don't uh, piss off the wrestling events. So what's your opinion on death matches? Because they're getting more and more popular. Uh, I'm a fan. Like, would you do one or would you just rather just be a fan? Uh, personally, because I wouldn't want to mess up my mask, I would just be a fan. 
And I guess you could kind of have to upgrade the mask. It's a nice mask, but it is old school. It's like these days, you know, you see wrestlers like twisting masks around and then the guy's blinded and they'll get pinned for it. But I don't know. I, that, that mask, though, that's old school. I like that mask. It reminds me like when I was growing up, you see the masked men and something. I like that mask a lot. The mask is uh, about 50 years old. Oh, 50 years old? Christ, older than me. Holy crap. Well, if you look, it's not really white. It's kind of like cream color. It's still, it's better than blue paint. And I actually uh, have my father-in-law's other mask that are just as old, if not older. I know one of them's, I think, a bit older. Mm -hmm. So since you've been a wrestling fan, since you're, of course, as when you're a child, because wrestling is in your family bloodline, I've been asking the wrestlers this question. Remember the old school cage matches with WWF? Uh, uh, yeah, with the blue cage. Blue cage, you had to escape, only way to win. If, do you prefer those old school matches or do you like the newer cage matches where pinfalls and submissions and all that stuff counts? Uh, personally, I think he, um, either one is fine. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I'd be more on your side of the old school, you know, climbing up and over and feet hitting the ground to win. Yeah. Because I understand, like, with Hell in a Cell, it has a roof on the cage. I get that. You can't very well escape the cage. But, like, a regular cage match, what's wrong keeping it old school? Uh, firstly, my opinion is, again, I, I'm on your side. I, I don't think there's uh, anything wrong with it, but each to their own. That's what I would say, each to their own. Yeah. You're definitely right. So what other promotions do you watch besides, you know, WWE? Do you watch AEW and that stuff, or are you just cosplaying uh, your career? Um, firstly, I haven't watched uh, WWE in a long time, uh, at least not since the uh, Attitude Era. Um, I have seen some glimpse of AEW or AEW Dark. Um, I would say it's pretty good. Uh, I did catch that match with Cody Rhodes uh, before they let him go. Uh, where he got slammed through the flaming table that he, him and his wife put on fire. And that was, I, I thought, was a fantastic match. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, again, you know, yeah, I'm a fan of, of all wrestling, including that match. It's just personally, I, as Mr. X, wouldn't do them. Um, but... Getting back to, to your thing, uh, I actually watch a lot more of the independent leagues that have their own like YouTube channels mm -hmm. or their stuff up on uh, Facebook. Sure. Uh, I, the uh, independent circuit, the uh, indie pro leagues, just have a better uh, storyline, better followings. Um, I've always been a fan of the indies. But, but again, I mean, it, it's just my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I watch more, more indie stuff. Quick little story, and everyone around here thought it was nuts. I had um, an opportunity to see WWE in Springfield, Mass., discounted tickets, decent seats, 
And I also had different month, different day, had an opportunity to see an independent league called Limitless Wrestling. About three hours away, I would have spent a night in Portland, Maine, but it was $20 tickets. I took the $20 tickets just because the fact of, I know I would enjoy myself more at an independent, at Limitless than I would at WWE. WWE, I'll be like, you just focus on the money, just focus on this, you focus on being like, oh, look at us, no one can beat us, like egotistical assholes, independent wrestling, you got the grinders, you got the hard workers, you got the people working day jobs, training at night just to hope to get a weekend gig. I like that. Not just the whole, oh, look at us, we got to have, we have a 30-day wrestling clause, we have to defend the title, but Roman Reigns, 62 days out, has it defended, we won't strip him. No, I like the rustic wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get why they uh, do that. I mean, uh, look at when uh, Shawn Michaels got injured back in the day and uh, they stripped him of the title, but he was, I guess, what was it, refusing to give it back. And then when he came back, that's why they had the uh, title versus uh, title match, the Intercontinental, the first ladder match that they put on him against the great Scott Hall as uh, Razor Ramon, and yet Razor Ramon uh, still won, and uh, uh, that that was a very good match, I thought, and especially his iconic picture that they still had about there with him on the yeah. on the ladder with the you know two titles and the continental titles like this. I mean, uh, but uh, again, I mean, there, there's so much in wrestling. talking about you see that a lot of times even in the uh, indie circuit I noticed where someone could be injured or maybe they just need some leave for family time and yet they let them remain the champion instead of you know maybe doing like a tournament or something and letting someone else who might be just as good in line uh, you know have a shot at it Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, hopefully, uh, still kicking ass in the ring. <laughs> At the end of it all, if you could use your wrestle, your wrestling career, and you put it under one word, you can describe it all on one word. What would it be, and why? Uh, fun. Fun. Fun and amazing because of the fans. Because uh, without the fans, there's nothing. There, there's no you. There's uh, no you. There's no me. There's no any promotion that's uh, out there, whether it's on TV or uh, internet-wise, you know, social media or whatever. Uh, yeah, fun, amazing because of the uh, the fans. And it's the fans that drive me. Just like I know the fans drive you to do the podcast. But also having, you know, a family member pretty much giving you the mask, saying like, pretty much giving me the keys of that sports car that you always wanted to drive. This is what giving that kind of nullifies the, yes, we have your back. We believe in you. That has to be something. That has to give and especially since my uh, father-in-law has uh, 
photos uh, where it's uh, like him and Tanaka, him and uh, Mr. Fuji, him and uh, even um, Saws and Slaughter uh, inside of his own living room. But obviously those photos I, I won't put out there because uh, he's not wearing his mask. So, I mean, he, he has uh, proof of, of traveling with those guys and uh, knowing them, doing shows with them. He was more territory days. And the thing is, is some people I noticed since I've been out there, they'll sometimes get them confused with the dangerous Danny Davis guy. And it's like, no, that's not the original uh, Mr. X. Uh, he just took my bong was gimmick and ran with it as long as he could. Uh, my father-in-law was the original, but yet I've met a lot of people who know my father-in-law was the original and have hit me up on since I started on Facebook and say, oh, how's the old man doing? And I'm like, oh, my father-in-law was the original, uh, not Danny Davis. And they write back on, no, I'm not talking about the fake. And then they give me my father-in-law's real name. And I'm like, oh, in that case, yeah, he's doing good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there, there are a, a lot of people that know he was the original and not the other guy. What can you do if someone like some knucklehead like steals the gimmick? What can you do? Can you sue or uh, just one of those? You, you can if it's a trademark. Uh, but like my father-in-law said, you know, there was nothing at the time he could do because back then, even though they had trademarks and copyright laws, he, he never thought of it at the time to, to do that. Right. Uh, right. That's all. Like he had me promise him that I would trademark this gimmick and, and I did and I own the rights to uh, Mr. X Jr. Good. That's so, good. So yeah, so I mean there's no one that can uh, even think about using this or even bringing the name up without my, my permission. That's good to hear. There's a lot of knuckle wrestlers, uh, knucklehead wrestlers out there that try to take the easy way but like, oh, Mr. X has a following i'm gonna just take that gimmick and hoping that people will watch them and it's just yeah protect yourself oh uh, yes yes actually i know quite a few indie guys who have uh trademarked their gimmick their names so smart smart you gotta protect yourself so do you have anything that's coming up that's been signed set your next match or something some things but uh how solid it is i don't know so i can't really talk about it yet just like the world today it's like nothing's guaranteed right uh no yeah it's, the world's changing my friend the world is changing would you ever consider putting a foreign object in that mask and just like headbutting someone with it uh maybe if they piss me off but uh no I'm trying to do that. I wouldn't want anything to rip or ruin the, the, the mask. I can't remember what. There was one wrestler that took like brass knuckles, tucked inside his mask, and they like a flying headbutt on their opponent or headbutted them to win. I can't remember the guy's name. You know what? About 10 minutes after I get off with you, it's going to be like, that's the guy. And it'll be like, yeah. So, where can people find you on social media? 
they can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube. And they can find me under uh, Mr. X Jr. Just as in capital M, capital R, period, capital X, and then capital J-R. Before I let you go, what's your opinion on TikTok? I just started to tick in the whole TikTok thing. I feel like I'm like the grandpa going to the young kids. And I'm not on TikTok yet, but I only brought it up because I will be. I've thought about opening it. So really, it's just uh, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Facebook right now. So I apologize about that. But yeah, no, I, I think it, it's great. I think it's awesome. Now it's just another platform to use and get your name out there your business out there and just get more of a following so you use it right like you use any social media uh, the right way mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, it'll definitely help you grow in uh, whatever you're trying to do so whoever's listening and watching this TikTok is a tease a coming attraction tease but it's not up and running yet uh yes but i'm sure that once it's up and running you send me the link for it I'll follow you and I'll get everyone in my Killing the Business Nation to follow you as well. Try to. Thank you. And again, I apologize for mentioning it when I I don't even have it uh, set up yet. So I can say it was just a little sneak peek, a little cop tease, you know? Uh, Yes. That's all it is. Mr. X Jr., I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I wish you well. And keep in touch. Maybe when you get get closer to the Massachusetts area closer to Vermont side of things. I'll shoot down, have a beer with you. Uh, or it uh, sounds good. Or soda, whatever people drink these days. Uh, personally, I'm more of a soda guy, but sounds good. Hey, I'm, soda's fine. Soda's cheaper. I'm down with that. I'll buy. All right. And uh, yes, yeah, so thank you again for uh, having me. So I'm Mr. X Jr. And this is Killing the Business Wrestling Broadcast. <laughs> Appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye.